afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. That caliber to be around is awesome. I mean, have gone against him a bunch of times, and I mean, he was he was damn good. I mean, he disturbed the middle. Was a big dude that uh, fought, and I mean, he was scrappy. And I mean, um, so just to have him here and be part of it and be able to break the guys down is awesome because you know he always has. Nathaniel Hackett talking about Derek Wolf, who showed up at practice today, not to play, not to sign a contract to play, but to sign a contract in order to retire as a member of the Denver Broncos. Welcome back. Goodman Fry. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Tara, I was talking to my friend Nate Jackson, former tight end uh, for the Broncos today. I said, there's two ways that make me feel old in this business. One, when I cover a guy in college and then his son starts playing in the NFL. That's one way to make me feel old. The other way is what Derek Wolf has done. I remember the day he was born into the Broncos family when the Broncos kept trading back and then they took him in the second round. And now the dude is leaving the coop and retiring. And now I've just aged 10 years instantly. <laughs> Derek, how are you, my friend? I'm doing all right, brother. How you doing? I am great. What was it like walking in with Abby, your wife, your lovely wife, and your daughter today into training camp, knowing the fans were going to be there and knowing this is the franchise you wanted to retire with? Uh, you know, it was a surreal moment. It was, it's, I, I kept trying to play like, you know, rehearse it in my head, but I just, this, this moment seemed like so far away from, from reality, you know, 10 years ago that it was like, oh, this will never come. I'll never retire. But it just jumped on me so quick that I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't really know what to say and what to think about it. It was just, uh, I was greeted with so much love and, you know, uh, I had some tears run down my face a little bit there when I went out in front of the fans yeah. with my daughter because it was just an emotional moment for me. Uh, tears of happy, happy tears. It was all good, but you know, I'm just, I'm ready to be done, man. It's, it's, it's time to call it and move on with the next chapter of my life. So it's a great honor. I'm extremely grateful. Derek, Terry Fry here. You, what a journey. I mean, from a tiny farm in Negley, Ohio, and maybe this is a cliche, but it fits. You're known as a, as a uh, good teammate who fought through considerable physical adversity, incredible physical adversity. How proud are you of that image, reputation, even among your former teammates as a warrior? You know, that's just, that was just kind of in my blood. You know, it's, you know, where I'm from, it's nothing but blue collar, hardworking people that, you know, there is no excuse. You know, you wake up and you go to work and you get it done. And, uh, you know, to me, the greatest, uh, I would say the greatest compliment you can receive as a player is what kind of teammate you were. And I, that was always important to me to be a great teammate. Uh, I always put, always try to make the people around me better. 
and always do what's best for the team and always try to win a game no matter what. So that was it's a great compliment to receive to be called a great teammate. And as far as being tough and working hard, that's just kind of that's that's how the way the game is supposed to be played. That's why football is different from all these other sports. It's a gladiator sport, and you know they're kind of getting away from that and making it a little softer. But you can't really soften up the trench work. Right. There's no way to make it soft. It's physical, hard nosed football in there, and uh, all those all those rules and stuff. Those are for the for the flashy guys, not really for us. We are talking with Derek Wolf, number ninety five for the Denver Broncos. Uh, did you officially sign the paperwork? To go into retirement? I did. You did? I did? Yeah. I signed it today, yeah. Wow. Um, this uh, Terry brought up your toughness, and I think anybody who ever played against you and played with you can certainly understand how tough you were, and you were certainly a warrior out there. I know that you and Abby probably had too many conversations to count when it came to retirement, but was there a certain moment where you said, I just don't think I can do this anymore. Well, you know me, if you know me, you know that I don't ever think I'm out. I know. And That's I, my point. I think I can find, I think I could find a way to just get, get through it. You got another gear, it. man. You always seem to have another gear. It's like, I, I could, I could do a couple more games, you know, I could, but here's the reality. The reality is I got two bad hips. You know, they're both repaired now, but they're never going to be the same. My low back is screwed up. Both elbows have been dislocated. A neck surgery, my neck is still tore up. Bad ankles, my fingers don't go straight. Mm. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And it's it's like this every year, right? So at the end of it, since 2017, I've been saying at the end of the season, I'm like, I don't know if I could do it again. But then the off season comes and I start training and I get healthy again. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And then the same 2018, I say the same thing. 2019, yeah, you know, I was, I felt like I was having a great season. Everything kind of fell into, into place for me. And then I get injured again, dislocate the elbow. And it's like, if you play the game it's, the way it's supposed to be played, you're going to get hurt. You know, and that's just the way it goes. And I just, I never really preserved myself on the field. I always kind of sold out and put my body in bad, in position for injury, you know, because if you sell out, you're going to, it's just going to happen. So many players. But when I started, I started feeling my my feet slowing down. I was, I wasn't like slowing down like strength wise and everything, but I felt that like I couldn't get my feet up under me as fast as I used to be able to, to protect my head, and neck, and my back and stuff. So it was, I was just going to keep destroying myself. We were playing. It was 2020. We were playing the Colts. I was with the Ravens, and the morning of the game, I woke up. I couldn't get out of the bed. I don't know what was going on. I couldn't stand up straight. I couldn't get my clothes on. I, I rolled around on the ground for about an hour before I had all my clothes on. Made my way down the st- down to the elevator. Got to the got to the uh, to the locker room. Took some Toradol, and just got through it. And ended up playing a good football game. But it was like every time I tackled somebody, it felt like it felt like my back was just going to explode. So I was like, man, I don't know how much longer I could do this. Right. And you always. Know, you always, there's that voice in your head that's like, ah, don't listen to him. Don't listen to that doubt, you know. But, you know, you got to listen to your body sometimes. And, and I, I, I spent too many years not listening to my body. And now it's time for me to listen to it and, and get it healthy. But, yeah, I would say that, that that Colts game in 2020 was one of those moments. But I still felt like I had a lot in, a lot left in me. 
and then after these two hip surgeries, it was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of unrealistic to think that I, I can. Here's the thing: I'm not going to be happy if I can't play at the level that I like to play at. Right. For, yeah, so that, I don't want to just go out there and be a guy. Right. For all of the surgeries, for all of the pain, for all of the difficult times, it was to get in and out of the shower, to put on your pants, knowing what you're going to be facing moving forward with all of your injuries, with arthritis, so on and so forth. Was it all worth it to get that one Super Bowl ring? Absolutely. Absolutely. My man. It was absolutely worth it. It's absolutely worth Not only a Super Bowl ring, but I created generational wealth for my children. Yes, you did. As you looked out at those players today, many of them 10 years younger than you, what did, what did you tell them today? I mean, did you get in, into any of the... Any of the issues of the the toll of the game and and how it can be how it can be perilous. No, no. I just told him to take don't take any day for granted. You know, don't when you come out here in these dog days at camp, it's gonna suck. You just have to <laughs> embrace that suck. Yeah, you just gotta know this is gonna suck, and I'm just gonna and don't just like slop through it. You know what I mean? Try to. Because it's it there's some I don't know I've always, this is just me but when something is hard and I and I grind through it and I just and I and I go through it and I thrive through it you know and I and I come out on top on the other end of it it's I always feel better about myself I always feel accomplished and it could be anything it could be a tough workout it could be a tough practice but those are the days when you don't quit anytime you don't quit that's a victory. You know what I mean? So it's like I just I just told them I said don't take it for granted. Don't take the time in the locker room with the guys for granted. You know, enjoy this process. The training camp is to build the team the team chemistry. That's what it's for. To get in shape for the season, build team chemistry, try to stay healthy as much as you can. Because honestly, when it comes to the NFL, the the first day of training camp is the best you're going to feel for the next yeah. you know six months. Right. <laughs> right. Because after that, it's all it's all just you know, maintaining and trying to keep yourself, you know, Sunday to Sunday. In one piece, essentially. Um, the one, yeah. the one, th- listen, I've covered thousands of athletes, as has Terry, but I'm going to share with our listeners and our viewers what it was like to cover Derek Wolf. For starters, you were always a guy who was willing to talk after a loss, no matter how tough it was. And that doesn't happen with a lot of players. You were a stand-up guy. But I can't remember... I mean, I can remember more than a few times, not a lot, Derek, more than a few times, I would walk up to your locker, and because you were a veteran, you were one of the best players on the team, you had the corner locker right next to a doorway that I think led into the cafeteria. I mean, you earned that particular locker, and I'd walk up to you, and I'd say, Derek, and you would look at me with steely eyes and say, not today. I'll get you another time. I'll get you. I mean, and when you said that to me, there's only honest to God, there's only one guy that I've ever covered that I've truly been afraid of. And I'm sorry it wasn't you. It was Louis Vasquez. That guy scared the hell out of me. I don't know why he just, and I remembered, and I talked to him on the phone about a year and a half ago, and I told him that. He goes, I scared you. I said, yeah, you're all tatted out, and so are you, Derek. But you, you, you were... You were kind. You were still kind of soft in the middle. I never knew that about Vasquez. My point is, is that you would say not today, and I knew not to push it. But then I'd see you the next day or the next day after, and you say, "Eric, I'm good. I'll talk to you." But I want to bring up a moment 
that happened on the show that I did with you, that I did with Les Shapiro, my former partner. This is right when you signed your first, your second contract, I should say. And I don't know if you remember this, but I'm going to let you know what I said to you. And I'm going to see if you can remember what you said. Because knowing you, I bet you can repeat back to me what you said. Our station was on Lincoln Street. And there was a big, that back in the day, and there was a big billboard of Lotto, of Mega Millions and Powerball. And when you came on the show that day, I think it was over a billion dollars. It is now. And, and like it is now. And Derek, you had just signed a new deal. And I said, what if you got a deal? Or what if you won, not a deal. I said to you, Derek, if you won over a billion dollars, what would you do with it? Do you remember what you said to me? Oh, probably something outrageous. What you said to me was, I wouldn't want it because I didn't earn it. And I sat, oh, yeah. I sat back in my chair. And, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. And I'm thinking, is this guy for real? You're the only person on the planet that would ever answer that way. But I got to tell you well, something. The, I well, believed listen, you. The reason why I said that is because those guys, the people, listen, how many stories do you hear about somebody winning the lottery and then they, you know, not to be crude, but they commit suicide a year later. Right. Right. Because they're miserable because they think money is going to solve all their problems. Money doesn't make you happy. Right. Right. It doesn't solve anything. It just makes things more complicated. So... If uh, you now that you're okay, you I don't believe you may have been with Abby at the time, but I don't believe that you were married. When I met you, you didn't no, have we any weren't married, right? You don't have any kids, so, so I feel like I'm no. watching you grow up in front of my eyes, and now you're retiring, and you're making me feel old. So now that you're married, would Abby want to win a <laughs> billion dollars? What would she say to yeah. you? Well, she would. She would say if I told her I didn't want it, she would call me crazy. And, right. You probably cussed me out, and, <laughs> but it, it was different. It's different though. Like you know, now it's different. I'm done playing. I, yep. you know, I could do something with that, but, but uh, when you earn the money that you have, yep. it's different from when you just like are given given it. You know, it's when things are given to people, they take it for granted. Right. Well, and, and it causes, and it can cause, it can cause big problems. I just at that time, I felt like I had just that was more money than I ever dreamed of. Right. It's more that I'd sign that deal for. It's sweeter to earn it, honestly, than it is to have somebody give it to you. You were talking at the podium today, and Abby and I had a nice conversation. And I remember uh, a player who had just retired, and he looked at me. I was over at his house, and he said to me, Eric, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with my life. My kids are running around. My wife's driving me crazy. I don't know what to do with my life now that I'm retired. So I remember that story, and I looked at Abby, and I said, so how are you going to get Derek out of the house? And she said, oh, my God, he's going to hunt. He's going to do this. He has so many different things that he wants to do with his life. With that, I know you have a lot of activities that you enjoy. But what, in theory, enjoy retirement. What would you like to do next? I'd like to do some media. Oh, you'd be awesome. That's what I, that's, I'd like to do some, some media. I don't know, I don't know in, as far as what aspect. uh whether it's TV or radio, I just think that I think it's something that uh, I enjoy doing. I uh, I enjoy keeping it real with people, and I enjoy you know watch. I enjoy watching football. I enjoy critiquing football. I, one thing I never want to do is coach. Right. I would never want to be a coach. 
Why? I always people always tell me you'd be a great coach, you know, because I'm good at teaching technique and stuff. But right, it's a whole different. It's a whole these kids these these guys are all. It's a whole different generation now. Like you can't say things to them. You offend them, and you know it's like I don't know. It's just so you're saying. I feel like I just be too tough on them. So you're saying that you could handle Bill Kolar, but today's player could not handle Bill Kolar. <laughs> Is that Hell what you're no. saying? Hell no. Bill Kolar. <laughs> Bill Kolar is a special kind of coach. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. And he helped you a lot. He definitely helped, he helped you a lot. a lot. And I'll say one more thing about broadcasting. I said this to Abby again when you were talking. I said, you built a name for yourself. You are a Super Bowl champion. People around the NFL and in the media know who you are. That's going to help you get your foot in the door, Derek, but you're going to stay there because you were always a great interview. And to your point, you always kept it real. And those are the type of people that, that the media needs. Like Akib, your former teammate, he'll say anything. And that's what makes him so good. But you're the same way. Yep. Could you could I love you- listening to Akib because he's perfect. He's perfect for the job. Right. Could, could you critique yeah. and criticize former teammates? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You he, could do it. Yeah. You do it in a way you don't you don't have to be disrespectful. Right. You know what I mean? Cuz he already knows. He's already been told in the in the film room. You right. You know what I mean? So, you don't have to rag on him, but you can make it make a point like look, he should have done better here. Right. You know, this is what he should have done. You don't have to trash the guy and tell him he's, you know, an awful player. And right. Though the one thing you should cut him and this and that, like that's not that's not the way to go about it. But you can critique a guy without being disrespectful. You and I texted back and forth, and I told you whatever you need from me, you just let me know. The one piece of advice I'll give you on this phone conversation right now is this. As long as you don't make it personal, you can critique all day. Just don't make it exactly, personal. right? Yep, that's it. Don't slam somebody. Don't talk about his personal life. Don't say the guy sucks. Say it in a nice way. But at the end of the day, that's your opinion, and you have a right to it. Just don't make it personal. Right. And, you, and you won't do that. You won't do that. I would never. I know you wouldn't. Derek, my man, it was great to see you. Uh, first time meeting Abby. Uh, I'm seeing your daughter for the first time. I remember you talking about her. So, so wonderful to meet your family. Uh, all the best wishes in retirement. I hope one day you are in the ring of fame. I will certainly be there for that. And whatever you need when it comes to broadcasting, you have my number, my friend. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Derek Wolf. Number 95. Hopefully one day he will go into the ring Always a Denver Bronco. He is. He, he is your quintessential Denver Bronco. Coming up after the break, Rocky Mountain Forest Practice Gambling Challenge with Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. We're going to give you the odds for the NFL's MVP award. Where is Russell Wilson? Who would you bet on? But who's the best value bet? That's next. Hear him howling around your kitchen door.